right, well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get into our message this morning. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you. God, we ask that you would open the word to our hearts and open our hearts to receive what you would have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, a few years ago, I came across this, uh, and uh, it was in a parents' magazine. It was top 10 things that mothers worry about, top 10 things that moms worry about. So if you're a new mom, uh, some of these are coming. And if you're a veteran mom, you'll be able to relate to a lot of these things. But the first thing coming in at number 10, are they hitting their milestones? Are they hitting their milestone? Are they sleeping through the night at two weeks? Are they walking at two months? You know, are they quoting Shakespeare at nine months? You know, I mean, are they hitting it? What, your kids didn't do that? My kids did that. Man, you guys are a bunch of schmoes. You know, no. You know, are they hitting their milestones? That's number 10. Number nine. Do they get along with their siblings? Do they get along with their siblings? One I know all too well. Number eight, are they getting enough sleep? For my wife, this is number one, right? I mean, this is, this is are they getting enough sleep, you know? Uh, come on, tell the truth, chain the devil. How many of you have drugged your kids to sleep? No, just, no, don't tell. We don't want to know. That's just something we don't want to know. Number seven, are they crying too much? For some of you, they're not crying enough, right? Are they crying too much? Uh, number six, this from the heart, will I be able to provide for my children? Uh, number five, now these are moms. Number five, how much should I listen to others? You know, it's as if the mom advice factory opens up the moment you become a mom, right, Beulah? The moment you become a mom, the, the, she's a brand new mom over here. Let's give it up for Beulah, our newest, newest mom on Mother's Day. Uh, and all of a sudden, all the advice, you know, starts coming in. And you know what? I even do it. I think fathers even do it too. You don't always want to give all that advice. And, and of course, uh, one, of the, one of the worries is how much should I listen to others? Number four, this is definitely my mother's number one. Are they getting enough to eat? Are they getting enough to eat? No, mom, I'm full. Really? Oh, come on. Just finish it for me. No, mom, I'm really full. Oh, come on. Just finish it. Number three, <laughs> uh, am I as good a parent? As my friend, we never compare ourselves to others, do we? We never compare ourselves to others. <laughs> I'm being facetious there. Uh, am I as good a parent as my friends? And then number two, this is probably my number one. Number two, is my kid normal? I mean, you ever like look at everybody else and think, wow, they're, they look so normal. And then it's my kid who's the weird one, you know? You're like, oh my goodness, you know, what's going on? So... Number two, and then number one, and I think, again, this is from the heart, will I be able to protect my kids? And if there's one thing I've heard from thousands of conversations with moms, it's that at some point, they just begin to worry about their children. So today, uh, our title for today is Letting Go of Worry and How to Release Ourselves from the Stranglehold that Worry Can Often Place on Us just for fun. Have you ever wondered how much time we spend worrying? It's probably a lot more than you think. Each week, we spend 14.31 hours worrying. That's 744 hours a year, 45,000 hours in a lifetime, 1,885 days. But put it in years, 5.2, on average, 5.2 years of our lives spent in worry, 
spent worrying about something that is almost always out of our control. No wonder we have trouble sleeping. No wonder we feel like we're under so much pressure. No wonder it's hard to concentrate. No wonder we're all on Xanax. Worry has really, <laughs> not all of us, <laughs> uh, but you haven't tried it yet. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, for most people, if you think about it, for most people, we can handle one or two things, right? I mean, something goes down, you know, like, like, like for my kids, for, something's going down with my kids, but everything else is going right, you know, marriage is going good, job is going good, health is going good. If all I got to do is deal with the kids, I'm okay. A lot of times, what, and, and of course, if life was perfect like that, you'd always be able to fix one thing at a time. But the fact of the matter is it's often when we get multiple things, like the kids are doing bad, my health is doing bad, my job only has three more weeks, and then I got to go find a new one, my marriage is on the rocks. It's when all of those things start to come together that our knees begin to buckle a little bit. The word worry comes from the old English word wirgen, wirgen. And the exact translation, what is meant by worry, means this, to strangle or to seize by the throat. To strangle or to seize by the throat. And I don't know about you, but in times when I've had intense worry, you can feel it in your throat. You, know, you, 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 you swallow a labored swallow. Because it just kind of, it just kind of, that fear and that worry, that things that, that's out of your control just begins to grip you. And, and, and you're full blown into, I don't know what's going to happen and I'm afraid of the future. And so worry happens a lot when the problems of life become so big, we can think of nothing else. An all-consuming feeling of uncertainty and fear. Now, the problem with worry Worry is often the opposite of faith. We can live in worry or we can live in faith. And what worry really does, number one, is it displaces God. We have faith, we have trust, good things are going to happen, and all of a sudden we come over to worry and we just don't know what's going to happen. In the Old Testament, as the Israelites were at the border of the promised land, Moses sends out 12 spies from each of the tribes of Israel to go and look at this land of milk and honey that God had promised them. When they go, they come back and they give a very truthful report. The land is beautiful. It's flowing with milk and honey. But the people are tall. The walls are huge. We were like grasshoppers in their sight. If we enter this land, they're going to slaughter us. So we can't go this way. Well, they got a problem. They can't go back, because that's Egypt. Can't go forward, that's Canaan. Can't go in the desert, they'll die. So they're in this little tiny wilderness, the Sinai wilderness. And they stay stuck, choked on all sides in worry because 10 of the 12 spies came back and filled them with worry. They displaced God. Remember, God was still the pillar of fire by night that they could all see. And God was saying, no, 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 listen. Yes, they're tall. Yes, the walls are huge, but I'm going to be with you. In fact, I'm going to go ahead of you. All I need you to do is reach out and grab it. Now, come on, let's go. They worried so much. They didn't know if God could be trusted so much. They just stood stuck 
stuck in life, going nowhere, not sure what tomorrow would bring, not sure if that wilderness is where they really need to be, knowing there was pain in the past and uncertainty in the future. They just stood there stuck. And God allowed them to. He allowed a generation to die out before the next one would rise up and take what was promised to them. Second thing worry can do is, so the first thing, it just displaces God out of our lives. The second thing is it began to distract us from the things that really matter. As long as you're spending energy worrying, the fact is you're probably doing little, little else. Uh, we get strangled by worry. Three signs that we're well into worry is this. When it's the first thing you think about in the morning, you wake up, everything's great, your day's great, and then two seconds later, that thought comes in, boom, this happened, and you start to worry about it. Or, uh, you know, you were able to kind of forget about it during the day, but you hit, put your head to the pillow, boom, it comes in, and you start worrying about it. It's typically the bookends of the day, the first thing you're dwelling on and the last thing you're dwelling on. The second thing is when you want to drastically escape. Uh, one time I was watching a show with a friend, a show I like, called River Monsters. I love that show. Catching those things with huge teeth. I mean, I wouldn't throw them back, but, you know, kudos to him. And, uh, and we were watching that, and, 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 and one time, you know, the, the guy I was talking with, he said, man, I am so anxious about my life. I wish I could just jump into the TV and, and, and just jump into that river right now. He's fishing for man-eating sharks. You'd rather jump into a river of man-eating sharks than deal with the problem at hand? I, I mean, but you see, that's what happens. When worry begins to consume us, we look at the TV and we think, oh, if I could just jump into that world and just escape this reality I'm in. I just got to get out of Bakersfield. I just got to get out of California. Some of you are like, I just got to get out of the United States. You know, and, and, but really... There's no distance to where we can run where the worry won't follow us. And you may escape the worry in Bakersfield, but if you don't learn how to deal with worry, you'll only find something else to worry about wherever your final destination is. And the third thing is, and this is the one I see the most, when you find yourself bringing it up in every conversation, uh, there are people, you know, that come to the church and almost every time I shake their hand and start talking about something, they'll talk about the same thing. Uh, I'm worried about my health. I'm worried about my kids. I, I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to have a job next week. And week after week after week, it's the, same, it's the thing that's constantly in their conversation. And they're looking for someone to tell them it's going to be okay. They're looking for some, you know, uh, they're often for me, with me, you know, they're looking to say, oh, okay, we're going you know, to fix that. We're gonna, not, all, not all those things can be fixed. But it's constantly on, that, on conversation because we're looking for relief. First thing in the night, last thing in the morning, first thing in the morning, last thing at night, we want to drastically escape or it's always on our conversation and we begin to get strangled by worry. And here is God's answer. In 1 Peter, the letter of 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7, God says, Peter says, cast all your cares on him, on God, on Christ. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And notice this. It is God who makes the offer. It is God who essentially says, your worries, your, care, your, your cares, your anxieties, your burdens, 
give them to me. He's asking you for them. He's asking you for them. Uh, It's as if I have all these cares and worries and burdens in my heart, and God walks up and says, can I have those? It'll be okay if I have those? I really want them. No, I, I really want them. I'm not just trying to be nice. It's better if I carry them than you. He's asking for them. God is asking for our worries, asking for our anxieties, asking for our burdens. We'll get to in a moment why we deny him. But point number one, I mean, first thing to get over here, God is asking for all those things and he's saying, give them to me. My first point is this. Giving, give, giving God our worries is not something we just think about. It's something we say and do. I think about a lot of good things. If I was to think about loving my wife but never saying it, would she feel loved? Probably not. You know, I can think a lot of good things, but thinking about them does no good until I actually begin to do them. I can think God is nice, but until I begin to actually begin to relate to him, I won't really know for sure. Many of the things that God promises us come with action on our part. I will fill you with peace. I will take your worries, but you've got to say it. You've got to, you've got to give it to me. can't just think about giving them to me. You've got to do it in some way that's meaningful for you to have the release. Look at some of these scriptures. Uh, any one of these verses would make the case. I think the accumulated weight makes the point even stronger. In Psalm 55, verse 22, uh, David says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. In Psalm 37, verse 5, it says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will act. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Jesus says, do not worry about life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body or what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. And Paul really encapsulates the idea in Philippians, the letter to the Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 when he says, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, pray with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Don't deal with worry by yourself. Deal with it with God is what Paul's saying there. Now, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, we are to cast our cares upon the Lord. And that word cast uh, means to throw off with vigor. Uh, one time, a few years ago, when uh, our church was organizing a backpack trip every year, uh, I borrowed Joe Dendy's, one of our, one of our uh, leaders here at the church. I borrowed his big backpack. It was my first time, and so he was like, do you need this? Oh, I better put this in here if you need it. If you need this, all oh, you might need, I don't know. He's like, I don't know if you're going to, you know. He's loading up this backpack until it probably weighed just as much as I did. I finally put it on. I'm not even very tall. This pack is like going down to the back of my knees. Here's the thing I found out. When you're just walking straight, that's one thing. But, you know, the person behind me is like, you know, I'm walking. They're like, hey, Tom. And I go, what? And as I turn to say what, the backpack kind of keeps me going. And I start, you know, I can't control the backpack. You know, as I'm turning, the weight of the pack begins to turn me 
And I'm like bouncing all over the trail. I think a couple times I fell, but we don't talk about that anymore. You know, I'm bouncing all over the trail and Derek Watson is like trying to like pick me up and guide me and keep me straight. When I finally got to the camp, I mean, we, you know, getting there was all over the river and through the woods, but grandma's house was not at the end. It was a bunch of stinky old men. And we get, I finally get to the camp. And they say, this is where your tent is going to be. And I grabbed that pack, and I just went, uh, and that thing just fell. I was like, good riddance. <laughs> as you can tell, I'm remembering it as I preach it right now, you know. Good riddance to just get that off of my back. This is exactly the image that God has given for us. We've got all these worries, got all these cares all these burdens and anxieties. And what's happening is it's weighing us down to where when we turn this way, they're still going that way. And when we turn this way, they're still taking us that way. And, you know, God wants us to grab the strap and just cast off all of the weight of fear and worry because either he's going to carry it or we're going to carry it. And God's asking. He's saying, you know, let me, let me carry that for you. Let me carry that for you. And I know, I know, I know, I know it is hard to cast our worries to a God we cannot see, a Jesus we've never met, and a heaven we've never been to. I get that. That is where we do it by faith. But you'd be surprised at how lighthearted you become when you begin to practice casting those burdens to God through prayer uh, through another, you know, talking to another person and praying with that person and casting off all of those worries together. Because you see, the problem is we think we're in control. I think America is filled with a bunch of control freaks. We like to control everything. We want to control everything. And so I remember once I, I was when I was talking to somebody about this very issue as a man. And he said, as long as I am worrying about it, I feel like I can control it. I thought, wow, I think that's why we worry. As long as we're worrying about it, we think maybe we can do something about it or something will happen. But we often worry about things that are out of our control. As long as I am worried about blank, I can do something about it. No, not really. There's a fine line between worry and legitimate concern. Now, there are always going to be things in life that are legitimate concerns. You got to you got to, you know, take care of yourself. You got to feed yourself. You got to exercise, you know, you got to invest in your marriage. You got to invest in your relationships. Paul, I mean, not Paul. Peter is not saying just blow off all the concerns of life. That's not what he's saying at all. He Peter is saying when you have done all that you biblically can do, then stand in faith, not in worry. When you, That's so awesome. Whose ringtone is that? I have got to get that on my phone. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know, Peter's saying, don't be strangled by worrying about things you cannot control. Don't be seized by the throat by things you cannot control. 
when you've done, done all that you biblically can do, then stand in faith, not in worry. Point number two, cast all your cares on him. One of the things that I did this week just to try to practice was I sat down and I thought, I'll write a list of three or four things I'm worried about. After I got to 33, I decided to stop. And I began to realize I am worried about more things than I ever thought of, you know? They're not actively there, but when I began to think about them, they're there. And it was, uh, it was actually a stressful moment, and I wrote them all small because I had a little small piece of paper, but at the bottom I had a big space, and I wrote very big, First Peter 5.7. And that's why in your bulletin you have that little sheet there. I've given you some of the common worries, finances, foreign invasion, all that kind of stuff. But on the left side is a list, and if you really want to apply this today, if you want to make this not a waste of your morning or a waste of time, take that sheet. Sometime today or tomorrow, whenever you get a free moment, sit down and write those out, and then just put your finger on 1 Peter 5, 7, and cast those cares to the Lord. I promise you, you won't regret it. And then finally, point number three, daily re-ask God to carry the worry. Either God's going to carry the worry or we are. We do. We'll be divided, distracted, disturbed, yeah, confused, a lot of things, frustrated. If he carries the load, we may still have troubles and difficulties, but... We won't have that consuming anxiety, that dominating fear, or that hopeless despair. You know, if you look at the verse, it says, cast your, all your cares on him. But the second part is just important, for he cares for you. You know what that verb cares means? Uh, care, what, we, what is translated care into the English has about 12 different Greek words. This particular Greek word, that we translated care, means to fix your thoughts upon. To fix your thoughts upon. And there was something about learning about that that is so liberating. You know what it means? God has fixed his thoughts upon you. That's how he cares about you. He's fixed his thoughts upon you. You're not just some passing thought. You're not just a number in God's computer. You're not a contact in his email. You're right there in front of him. How can he do it? That's what makes him God. How can he do it to me and to you and everybody else? That's what makes him God. He's an alien. He's not human. He's beyond us. He has powers and abilities that supersede our limitations. But he can. He can and he does. He fixes his thoughts on you individually. And I like that. You know why? It means he has me on his heart. You know, while uh, Tanya had surgery a little while back, and I was thinking of this, I was really impressed because while I was there in the waiting room, somebody else was there, and, and their child had gone into surgery. And I was talking to the mother, and I said, are you worried? And she's like, no, no, I, just, I think this could be this is good, everything's going to be fine. But I'll tell you something right now. That mother, her thoughts were fixed on her child. We were having a conversation, 
And it was like a Jedi moment, you know? The door opened. She didn't even know who it was. She stood up, walked over, and knew it was going to be for her. And it was. It was one of the attending physicians for her daughter's surgery. And I just saw that amazing attention that that mother was giving her child in surgery while she was in the waiting room. Her thoughts were fixed on her baby girl. God's thoughts are fixed on his boys and girls, men and women. Now, what's interesting is most of us worry about doing 1 Peter 5, 7. If you think about it, we're actually afraid to cast our cares on God because we're not quite sure what God's going to do when he has it, right? I mean, let's face it. We like to be in control, and the problem is if we take off the backpack of worries and we put it on God, we're not quite sure what he's going to do with it, and we might not like it. If I cast my cares to God, he may call me to do something I don't want to do. He may call me to love someone I don't want to love. He may call me to ask forgiveness of someone I don't want to ask forgiveness. He may call me to resolve something I don't want to resolve. I'm just going to carry this worry. At the end of the day, it's a little harder than it seems because we're not sure that God can be trusted with our worries and our fears. I remember a long time ago, somebody said this to me. said, if you want something from God, pray exactly the opposite because God always seems to give me the exact opposite of what I want. <laughs> How twisted is that, you know? How twisted is that? But I think some of you may agree with that. You know, some of you may really identify with that. Like, you know what? Whenever I pray, it's like, this is what I want. I think, oh, I better not pray for that because God probably doesn't want that for me. Well, maybe he does. Maybe, maybe it's not the right time. Maybe he does. But, but see, that, that whole sense of, you know, if I think it's good, well, probably God probably doesn't want think it's good for me. So then what do we do? We kind of avoid God because at the end of the day, we're afraid what he might do with it is not what we want or what is within our comfort zone. Now, let me tell you this. Until you settle that issue, Worry in some form will dominate your life. Until you settle the issue that what God wants for you is good, awesome, loving, and your best, it may have some cost, may have some challenges, may include some growth, may include a little dish of humble pie. But until we settle that issue, worry will dominate our life. We'll live under the stranglehold, under the choke of worry, constantly on this side, struggling when God has the freedom of faith on the other side. My third point is, was daily asking God. And there's one thing I do, or I've started to do over the last couple of weeks. I've been trying it out because... I've had a lot of anxieties in my life lately, a lot of things to worry about. And I sit a lot, probably too much. I stand as well, and I walk and I run. Those are all things that are part of my life. And when I do those things, I find that I drift. You know, I'll try to go for a prayer walk, and I'll try to start, you know, unlifting my burdens to God, and all of a sudden, I'm watching the Blue Jay fly all around, you know, and, 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 and I just, you know... 
squirrel right out, you know? Sometimes I'll stand. But when I stand, I begin to notice, you know, is my gait right? Am I, you know, is one foot lower than the other? You know, is it, how am I, you know, how's my posture? You know, I mean, I just, but, but there's been something that has worked for me that I want to just give to you. Sometimes when I feel really weighted down, I just go down with it. And I'll just go down on two knees. Now, I know some of you, you can't. Your knees aren't good or you can't go down like this and that's fine. But just kind of come back put my hands over my thighs and just say, Lord, I need you to take this one. As soon as it comes to my mind, I need you to take this one. Take a deep breath. God, I am really worried about whatever, you know. And I am just, I just need you to take this because I know that either I'm going to carry it or you're going to carry it. You're asking for it. And so, God, right now, I give it to you. I give it to you. I'm giving you what you're asking for. And I need you to take it because I can't control it. It's coming in the future. I don't know what's going to happen. I just need to know you got it. Thank you, God, for taking that. In Jesus' name, amen. And I kid you not, when I come up, I experience the sensation of a lighter heart. I do. I'm able to, it's not dominating, I'm able to go forward, I'm able to get things done, I'm able to come here and do the things of the church, you know, do the things as a father, I, it just, there's something about taking that pause and casting that care unto him, and, and, and for me, I, I got to go down on my knees, because when I get up, I really like that feeling of, wow, I feel the lightheartedness, when I do it for real and when it's serious, when I'm just babbling, that's uh, nothing, but I, when I really mean it, and I cast that off. I come back up, and there's a lightheartedness. And here's the thing. Sometimes I got to do that three or four times a day. Because that's just life. Worries and fears can come when you least expect it. And it's that constant casting off of that fear. And it just begins to, wor- it just begins to work. Here are three truths that ought to encourage us to overcome that sense of wanting to be in control and give Turn our problems into prayers. Give our problems to God. Number one, don't worry about tomorrow because God is already there. God is already there. The Bible says God goes before us in our lives. Second thing, God promises to be with you no matter what. No matter what, he never leaves. The third thing is God has you on his heart this very moment. This very moment, he's thinking of you. He has fixed his thoughts on you. That's what the word care means. And finally, number four, we all have concerns. We all have them. There's no shame in saying, yeah, I've struggled with worry from time to time. Probably, and there's no shame to tell God, I'm worried about this. Probably the real offense of God is not that we have worry or fear, but that when God asks, can I have that? We so often say, no, I think I can do better with it than you. And that's the pride I'm trying to overcome. And I hope you'll join me in that. In the 41st chapter of Isaiah, verse 10, God says this through the prophet. He says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. 
I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Will things get worse? Fear not. Will I lose my health? Fear not. Will I get cancer? Fear not. Will I keep my job? Fear not. Will my loved ones undergo hardship? Fear not. Will my investments collapse? Fear not. Will tragedy strike? Fear not. Will others ridicule me? Fear not. Will the plans that I have for my life come to nothing? Fear not. Will I face death this year? Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. Why? Because God cares for us personally. You know what Jesus said? Worrying about it will not add one more ounce or minute to your life. Fear will not do any good. Jesus says, give it to me. Give it all to me. Let me carry it. And you walk in faith. Amen? Amen. This morning, before we close our service, this morning, if you would like to come before Jesus and just cast off those worries, or maybe maybe you haven't really made that commitment to be one of Jesus' followers yet, Maybe you've just been fence-lining it for so long, and this morning's the morning. It's time to say, you know what? I want Jesus, I want God to forgive my sins through Christ. I want him to fill my heart. I want to have the Holy Spirit. I want to die and go to heaven. I want it all. And I'm, I'm willing to reach out and take the free gift God has for me. And not only will you get the gift of the Holy Spirit and the promise of heaven, you'll get everything I just talked about someone who will walk with you your whole life saying, give it to me. Your anxieties, your fears, your worries, give it to me. Either I carry it or you do. And I promise you, I can carry it a lot better. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you'd like to make that step this morning, a very important step, just go ahead and look up at me right now. Amen. 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 Why don't we pray this together? Say, Lord Jesus, I cast all my burdens on you. Thank you for forgiving me in Jesus Christ. I make you my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen.